Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to One on One with AP here on the Let's Talk Sports Network. I forgot to add the other background on here. Oops. <laughs> uh, do, is it on here? No, it is not. I need to add that on. Sorry, Tanner. Uh, we'll go with this one for now. Uh, but yeah, welcome in. Uh, hope you guys are having a great Saturday. I just got off work and it's 22 fucking degrees out here. So it, it is cold as hell. Um, man, I'd, I'd hate to be those in, in Kansas City, though. I don't. Um, Y'all are crazy, but you know, kudos to you for going out there and showing out. I'm, I'm, I heard before I left work today, I heard that there were people that are out there you know, that have been out there since nine o'clock this morning, just waiting to get into the stadium. That's nuts. A um, couple things before we bring our guests on here. Um, of course, later tonight, we've got uh, our um, new our uh, Cowboys show later tonight, Inside Cowboys Nation. Uh, I'll be myself in canteen this time. I'm not sure if Flo's going to make it, but, you know, if he is, he's probably just going to be for a little bit. But, you know, other than that, it should just be me in canteen tonight. That'll be at 6 p.m. Eastern next week. Uh you know, Mr. First Down and I, Sam Dean, are planning on doing a preview for this year's Royal Rumble, which is in a couple weeks, two weeks from today, actually. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, you know, if the Cowboys move on, we'll have our Cowboys show as well next week. So um, and of course, this show as well. I'm not sure who my guest will be next week, but, you know, keep an eye, keep an eye out. You know, a Perales 30 on Twitter. You know, I'll probably be announcing stuff on there throughout the week, so keep an eye out on that. But uh, without further ado, so I don't have to keep delaying this, uh, my, my guest today is a man that, you know, I've come to know over the last few months. Uh, he was on our NFC South Roundtable show. He's a part of the uh, UK uh, group called the uh, Panthers Magpie. Uh, he's got his own, you know, you know Twitter as well. Uh, please welcome my guest today. Mr. Keg TMC. Keg, what's going on, man? Not a lot, Alan. How are you doing? It sounds like it's colder in the US right now than it is in the UK. So um, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I think we we were talking about this off screen, uh, five degrees Celsius here here in Oklahoma, which I think it's going to get like 50, negative 50 in, in Kansas City tonight. So that's it's, that's nuts. I don't, I don't get how. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, there there have been people that have been in line in at the stadium since like nine o'clock this morning. I'm like, y'all are nuts. They're absolutely crazy. I just seen online that I think tickets are going for about thirty dollars or something as well. Like for a playoff game at Arrowhead, like that's weird. Like obviously, a lot of people must be ducking out, not wanting to go to that game, and I don't blame them. Yeah, with with how cold it's getting, bitter cold it's going to be there. And I mean, we kind of already seen one game get get moved from from tomorrow to to Monday. The Bills uh, Steelers game is being moved to Monday afternoon. But you know, I I don't get people in the cold sometimes. I mean, I enjoy the cold as long as there's no wind. If there's no wind, I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, how you been? How, uh, it's been a couple, a few weeks since we, you know, we unfortunately haven't been able to finish off our season with the NFC South show, but, you know, scheduling and whatnot. But, you know, it's good to have you on. How, how you been? Yeah, not too bad. I enjoyed Christmas and everything that came with that. Like, it was my birthday on Christmas Eve and my son's birthday on New Year's Eve. So along with the Christmas and New Year festivities, like, yeah, it's been a, a good few weeks for me and uh, I'm more than happy to see the season end. Obviously, being a Carolina Panthers fan, it's, uh, the season's absolutely sucked. So, yeah, the end of the season couldn't have came soon enough for me. So, yeah, I'm happy that I don't have to endure that much longer. 
I was going to say, at least you got two wins instead of just one. <laughs> well, that, that's not, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so uh, I, I got to ask about that because my dad my dad has his, his birthday on December 30th and then my aunt is on New Year's Day. What was what is that like presence wise when your birthday's like right before Christmas? Is it just like we're just gonna get you a big group of it for one day, or how how does that work? Yeah, no, my mom wouldn't allow that. Uh, yeah, I got, she uh, stamped that down early when I was younger. I think and and tried that uh, when I was a baby. Uh, they tried to get like a one present that covered both birthday and Christmas, and my mom was like, no. Nah. That is not how this goes. Like these are two separate days. Birthday is not Christmas. Christmas is not birthday. So you get two presents. So yeah. So it's, it's not too bad for me. Like it's two full days. It's forty eight hours of obviously Christmas is a great time. I've always been a fan of Christmas, and I don't know if it's just because my birthday is around that time as well. So it's double special. But uh, yeah, I love Christmas and having a birthday at that time. They say forty eight hours of the festivities and presents and everything just kind of centering around me and my family and stuff like yeah it's great obviously i don't know any difference like i wouldn't mind like a, a july birthday but i've never had one so I, I have no idea what that's like like all i know is christmas eve so. well i, I can kind of tell you because my birthday's in may so it's like kind of sort of halfway between christmas mm. and in the, in the middle of the year so it's it, it's close to that but it's not quite july but you know it, it's something i mean yeah. Now, now it's now it's on another holiday, which is National Star Wars Day, since it's on oh, May Fourth. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so I get a lot of Star Star Wars references for my birthday. So at least you got Christmas. I'll have to give you. Yeah. I'll have to give you that one. So I know you're out of, based out of the UK, and you know we've got a lot of UK followers, a lot of UK, a big UK following here on the network. You're you're fairly new uh, in yeah. the community. So, you know, only a few months. So I gotta ask, and I'm sure everybody else is wondering why the why the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> it's a it's a good question and, and an even better story. Um, it is that there isn't just a, a simple answer to this. Like that, there is a story behind it. So I'll I'll get into that. Um, so yeah, I I became a fan of the NFL sort of generally. Um, I'd always wanted to get into it. Like when I was younger, like in high school, I was a really big fan of uh, basketball and the NBA. And I just feel like as, as Americans, like you just do things differently. Like you, obviously in the, in the UK mm-hmm. and in Europe, like soccer is the big sport as it is worldwide. But you just kind of just have your own thing. Like you have kind of clothes off, like like football and like baseball, basketball. Like basketball is international, but nobody does it like you guys do with the NBA. Uh, so yeah, I've always liked American things and just try, like the things that you kind of kind of close off to America and make it kind of hard to access um so yeah i was a big basketball fan uh, and i'd always enjoyed the idea of football uh through like movies like growing up like i was i was a big fan of a bunch of movies like adam sandler movies like you got like the water boy and the longest yard things like that um mm-hmm. so yeah i always wanted to get into it but i think particularly because like prime time games with the time difference they don't start till about 1 30 in the morning in the uk mm-hmm. uh, and around about that time it wasn't as popular as it is now. Like I think particularly over the last five or so years, uh, the NFL's become much bigger and a lot more popular in, in Europe. Uh, but back then, so this was around about 2010, 2011, it wasn't as accessible. So I just found it harder to get into. Um, so yeah, it was just randomly, I was up late on a Sunday night uh, in 
20 February 2011, I assume it was, and uh, I found out that the, the Super Bowl was on. I was just up late on Twitter, um, just having to scroll through, and I seen the Super Bowl was trending, so I was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll try and watch it. I didn't realise it would have been on UK TV at that time, so uh, that was the Packers and Steelers Super Bowl, um, 30, no, was it 48, no, 47? 46, 46, 47 Super Bowl. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that was in our stadium too, which is kind of yes. funny. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just watched that game and, and I loved it. I loved like Aaron Rodgers, Clay Matthews, and Charles Woodson, all them guys that played on that team. Um, so, yeah, when the 2011 season came around, I wanted to watch it a little bit more. Uh, realized that it is relatively accessible uh, on UK TV, on, on like the cable network over here. Uh, so, yeah, I was just trying to watch a few games, trying to like, understand the rules because. I say in America, like nothing's simple. Like the, the rules, like for American football, like mm-hmm. completely different to soccer. Completely they're still trying to figure out what the hell. A, <laughs> they're still trying to figure out what the hell a catch is. Yeah, I mean, I think the referees don't even know what the rules are sometimes. So how the hell are we, Brisbane? You know. Um, so yeah, I just started watching games as a as a neutral, just trying to understand the rules, just enjoying it. Um, but yeah, it came down to thinking. I wasn't really getting it, obviously. There is so many rules and it is so different. I thought, I need a team. I'm going to try and follow a team. That way, if I start watching more games and follow the team, I'll start to understand. Like, I'll, I'll learn my roster as well as the teams that we're playing. I'll watch their games and learn who players are and rules and I'll pick that up along the way. Um, but yeah, like, I never liked doing things the easy way growing up, like particularly with sport. Like, growing up, uh, I'm, I'm from Newcastle in the northeast of England. Uh, we've got a Premier League team over here, Newcastle United, um, who are okay now because uh, we had a, a takeover, a Saudi takeover. So we've got a lot of money now. Uh, so things turned the tables quite recently. That was in 2021. We got that takeover. But prior to that, Newcastle always struggled. We always had bad ownership, bad coaches, bad players. So we sucked. Like So that was kind of like the, I've always like enjoyed like the underdog mentality as well. So I didn't want to go with the Packers. Like the Packers were my first team. Like I say, I watched them in the Super Bowl and I love Rodgers and Matthews and all of them guys. So if I was oh, to... Oh, Nick would have been disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was to go down that route though, like a lot of people do watch one game and think, oh yeah, like that team, I'm going to support them. So that would have been my go-to. Um, I think over in the US, you call it more of like a bandwagon fan. Over in the UK, we call it a glory seeker. Uh, so you go and seek the team that has the glory. Um, I know things are a little bit different in the US with like NFL. Like things can change. Like not one team often, unless you're like the Patriots or the Chiefs having a dynasty. Things can change. Like not one team really dominates for too long. Whereas in the UK, like in the Premier League, like a team can dominate for decades at a time, 20, 30 years at a time because it's financial, basically. Um, so yeah, I didn't want to support the Packers because it was too easy. Uh, my next choice was uh, the Giants because I, I quite like New York uh, and like all of my favorite movies and TV shows and rappers at the time. I was a big rap fan. Like everyone was from New York and everything sort of seemed to center around New York City. Um, so I thought I'll, I like the, the idea of being a Giants fan, but I knew back then they were good and. Um, Eli Manning was the quarterback, and I, I thought that was good, like the same route as supporting like a team like the Packers. It was too easy, but too good for my sort of underdog mentality. And it did happen that that 2011 season, they won the Super Bowl as well. So mm-hmm. I kind of dodged that bullet there, trying to not be the, 
the bandwagon fan, the glory seeker fan, like having supporting the team for one year and we'll win the Super Bowl in year one. So I avoided that one. Uh, but where the Panthers come into it is I remember when I was a kid, probably around about seven years old, uh, I've got a cousin who I had a really close relationship back then. He was about seven years older than me, so he would have been around about 14 at the time. Uh, his dad moved over to the States when he was really, really young. Uh, didn't have much of a relationship with him when he was younger, but uh, still uh, stayed in contact. His dad moved over to the States, got a new family, had new kids and married and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, when I was about seven, he used to stay at mine every Friday night. We'd watch Friends and then the WWE would play on the PlayStation 1 because this was like the late 90s. Um, God, I love the 90s, man. Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was the best. Uh, yeah, the PS1 with like Tekken and things like that. Like, yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd yeah still play, playing on that stuff. So, uh, yeah, so he went over to America, uh, spent about a few weeks, a month maybe with, with his dad and his new family over there. Uh, and when he came back, he brought back a, a whole bunch of stuff, like things that we were into. So like toys and uh, characters from like South Park and Space Jam and things like that, you know, the good old 90s stuff. Um, but what else he brought was the full uniform of Carolina Panthers, uh, like the jersey, the helmet, the, even the pants, like everything to, like, to go with the, the Panthers uniform. So he brought that stuff back for me and I didn't realize what it was at the time. But I knew that I loved it. And he actually brought back a signed Brett Favre football, uh, whose name I didn't realize until a few years later who that squiggle belonged to. Like, it was just a signature to me at the time. I didn't know who Brett Favre was. Um, so, yeah, that stuff just always stuck and always, like, resided with me, like the Carolina Panthers brand. Um, but, yeah, it, it meant nothing to me at the time. Um, so, yeah, when I started to get into the NFL, which was 2011, um, so a good few years, maybe it's about 12 years later, when I was trying to think of a team, like trying not to be a bandwagon fan, I, I realised like I, the Carolina Panthers were the first team that I ever actually knew about uh, without even realising it. But what got me attention was how much I didn't know about them because uh, big organisations like the Giants, like like the Cowboys, like the Packers, Steelers, Dolphins, like these are all big, big global franchises. So you would see the name, you'd see the brand, the logo in shops, even in the UK, down at Newcastle High Street, you would see a hoodie or a hat or something like that from a team and you would recognize it. But as far as the Panthers went, I'd never seen anything, heard anything, didn't see them referenced in a movie or in music or on uh, the, the, the cable network over here, the 24 hours news, the sports news channel. I didn't see or heard a thing of Carolina Panthers. So that was... in, your, in your fairness, they were only when you first heard about them back in the in the nineties. Well, they were only three true. years. They were only three years old at that time. I think they were a franchise in ninety five. Was when that, they yeah, first yeah, right, yeah. And, and that I, I forgot to actually mention that that kind of makes it weird. Now, looking back on it now, I, I don't know where that stuff ever came from that my cousin brought. Because yeah, you're thinking this was around about ninety eight. Uh, so yeah, the Panthers. It were about a three. I believe ninety eight. I believe ninety eight was the first year they made the playoffs. 96. If I remember correct, yeah, ninety six. Yeah, yeah, around that time, ninety six. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, they were only a three year old franchise, and what makes it a little bit weird, why I still don't to this day understand where the Panthers uniform came from, is that his dad lives on the outskirts of Atlanta, so he doesn't live in <laughs> Carolina, north or south. He lives nowhere near Charlotte. 
Yeah, he, like so. My cousin's actually a Falcons fan now, but back then, probably like I say, it didn't mean anything because we didn't really know anything about it. But yeah, three-year-old franchise from Atlanta. Where did that stuff come from? Still to this day, I have no idea. Um, so yeah, cut, cut back to 2011. I'm I'm thinking. I know the Panthers, but I know extremely little about them. As far as I know, they're not even an NFL franchise. As far as I know, they could have either disbanded like the Houston Oilers or they could have been like a college team or like a XFL team, something like that, or could have even been like the fucking Mighty Ducks and been made up. Like, I, I don't know. So that, that was like the first thing that I thought. Like, I need to Google and find out who the Carolina Panthers are are they a genuine, active NFL franchise? If so, then that's it. They're going to be my team because they're the first team I ever knew about and I know very, very little about them. So, yeah, Google said, yes, they are active in the NFL. So I thought, that's it. That's my team. I've, I've made my mind up. Nobody can tell me different. So the next thing I had to Google is, who are they and how good are they? Like, are they going to win next year's Super Bowl or are they the worst team in the league? Either way, it doesn't matter. And it does just so happen that they were the worst team in the league back then. It was mm-hmm. 2011. That was Cam Newton's rookie season. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was my first experience with the Carolina Panthers, learning who Cam Newton was, this rookie first overall pick in the draft, smashing all these rookie records, throwing it up to Steve Smith and people like that. And like that was it. I just fell in love as soon as I started to watch Cam Newton and Steve Smith throw it about. So, yeah, that, that's it. That's my story. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you go back a little ways, they were – they were in the Super Bowl in 2003, so it's not like they yes. didn't have any success. Uh-huh. Uh, just you know, just had they it. had they actually beaten the Patriots in that ge- in that game, they'd probably have a little bit more recognition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah as, as far as Carolina goes, they're one of the youngest franchises in the league. I think the Texans yeah. are actually the youngest. Yeah, they came out. Well. Yeah, yeah. Jaguar- Jaguars and Panthers were 95. So. It's a, and it's interesting. Both of those teams made the playoffs in just their second year of existence. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah so, 96, we made it to the NFC Championship game uh, against uh, Brett Favre's Packers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crazy. I think y'all beat us, too, in that year. We did, that's yes, hard. we did, yeah. Y'all yeah. beat, a, y'all beat <laughs> us that year, which... Yeah. That was kind of the last. That was kind of the last straw. Barry Switzer ended up leaving, I think, after that. Uh-huh. And I think we got Rich Kokite for a year, which... Ugh. I don't even want to think about that. Uh, God, kind of like well, I I became a fan of the Cowboys in the in the early two thousands when they were terrible. Uh, in in two thousand one, when Dave Campo took over, then they went for three straight years in five and five and eleven seasons. So I kind of I kind of feel you on the. Uh, I, I don't want my team to be successful yeah. right away. I want to be kind of in the underdog story. Well, you but, made the 2003 playoffs because we, we beat you in uh, that in the Super Bowl run as well. Yeah, I remember that game because we we had a really good year. We were that was the first year uh, where I when I was a fan when, when they had a winning record. I think they were nine and seven. They looked good. Uh, you know, they had Testaverde a quarterback. I think he was out that year um, for that playoff game actually because they had to start Quincy Carter for that game. Uh, oh. uh, and uh, yeah, y'all just mauled us in that wild card game. I was like, oh god! And then they ended up going to get Terry Glenn, Keyshawn Johnson, Drew Bledsoe, and they drafted well, undrafted, I should say, because he went undrafted. They ended up picking up Tony Romo that that yeah. following year. So, um, kind of you know, if it hadn't been for Bill Parcells, we wouldn't have had the modern day Cowboys. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, I've oh, like, the silver lining. Yeah, and then Bill got you know kicked to the curb a couple of years later. They brought in Wade Phillips, and then they brought this guy in. <laughs> now we got the guy that everybody likes to call Fat Mike. So uh, <laughs> either that or Fred Flintstone, one of the two. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll the uh, Fat Mike because let's say the twenty eleven Packers. He was the head coach, and he was another part of why I, I, I like that team so much. So yeah, I will lot to Fat Mike. Yeah, uh, I, I think you know. Shout out to Nick Bakins, by the way. He's a, he's our resident Packers fan, so hearing that story might might turn him down a little bit. But I mean, I I kind of understand the whole and and like you said, you became a fan when the Panthers became fun when yeah, when Cam Newton exactly. got drafted yeah. and you know they kind of turned their their fortunes around. They all they really needed was the quarterback, and they got yeah. it right. So. So for the first few years, everything was up. It was just like we drafted the quarterback first overall 2011. Then four years later, we're in a Super Bowl. I think we won three um, NFC Souths. So it's 14, 15, 16. No, it wasn't 16 because we were stuck after that. 13, 14, 15, we won. Yeah, because uh, thir- 13, you were like seven and nine and still won the division or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And then then you guys got you know hot after really, that. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was a fun team to watch. They had a lot oh, of yeah. good good talent on that team. You know, you had your Luke Keekleys, your Thomas mm, Davis. You yeah. know, you, you, a lot of the recognition always goes to the offensive guys. Like, even going back to, like, the 90s Cowboys, it's, like, always about the triplets. It's always about Emmett, mm-hmm. Emmett Troy, and, and Michael. But there are so yeah. many good defensive players. And I feel like the Panthers are kind of that same way with that team. You know, the, they're – Keekley and Thomas Davis don't usually get that many, you know, rec- much recognition as much as nah, Cam and nah. Cam and yeah, Steve I think, did. I think because offense is sexy, isn't it? Like everyone likes to see the quarterbacks and the receivers do well. Like defense, I think a lot of people can find it boring, but like that's kind of been the spine of the Panthers. Like even now, like right now, we're the worst team in the league, but we still had a top five defense this year. Like against all odds, like we're I think we were third in the league for uh, points allowed, or fourth in the league for points allowed, and then third in the league for um, passing yards. Mm-hmm. For how bad that we were, like that, that's crazy. But yeah, like you back to '96, we had uh, Sam Mills, and yeah, like um, who, who did we have like 2004? We had like Dan Morgan, Julius Peppers. People forget about Julius Peppers, how good he was. Mm-hmm. He could be a first ballot Hall of Famer this year. And Luke Kigley was just something different. Like he was just he an was. absolute animal of a linebacker. Like I know he shed a tear when he announced his retirement. Like it like, was only twenty eight or something at the time, maybe twenty. Yeah, he, like, it's so like him, good. him, and you know Alec, Alec, who's a 49ers fan. Another guy you could throw in that same sentence is uh, Patrick Willis. Him, him, and Patrick Willis retiring early was like a shock to many yeah, fans. Devastating. And, and it's like Alex says, if they win that Super Bowl against Denver, you know, they're talked about differently. Yeah, absolutely. Because at least like one one Super Bowl, if that was it, like we'll win a Super Bowl in 2003 and still haven't won one up until 2023, mm-hmm. it, it is still different. Like we all spoke about in a very, very different regard. I think people often forget about that 2003 Super Bowl because we are the little old Panthers. And that is what attracts me to them. Like I said, they're not a huge fan base like Charlotte relatively small city in comparison mm-hmm. to other, other like like Dallas or New York or Chicago, Miami, LA, like it's little old Charlotte, little old Carolina. Nobody cares. There's not a huge market. Uh, and that, that's what draws the attention to me. That, that's why I love it. Like it's underdog mentality and that's what I thrive on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, like even one Super Bowl, 
I still don't think people would really care, but it would have put us on the map a hell of a lot more than what we currently are. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I, in in a way, I'm kind of like that too because it's like I fell in love with the Rams teams of the early 2000s. You know, the greatest mm-hmm. show on turf. Um, so, but my neighbors were big Rams fans, and since we were always competing against each other, I had to choose something different. And you know, lo and behold, my dad's a Cowboys fan, so that kind of just stuck. Stuck. My mom and dad both were Cowboys fans, so that just kind of stuck with me. And you know, again, going through 30 years of hell has been. <laughs> wonderful uh jesus <laughs> and then yeah that 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 was probably the biggest question i had is like wh- why the panthers how the yeah. panthers because like every uk uk fan i've seen obviously the jaguars are big in the uk because of their owner shot Khan mm-hmm. and what he's done with them uh you know alec here 49ers fan there's a big uk 49er following in this yeah, in, yeah. in this network alone there's a big UK 49ers following. There's a Jets following in this network as well. It's it's huge for both of those teams. Obviously, and, and you know, it's just like Carolina. Carolina's kind of the odd team out, but it's nice to hear the story. It's great to yeah, kind of put yeah. The... Well, that, like I say, that, that's why I enjoy it. But you are right. Like a lot of other teams in, in the UK have huge fan bases. Like, I think the Packers are probably number one. I would say, um, and, and the other team like there is a big Jets one, Dolphins, like yeah, 49ers. There is big fan bases for all these. Funnily enough, you did mention the Jags. And from my own personal experiences, I don't think the Jags are one of the best supported teams in the UK, despite like this sort of being their country, because like, they play every year. They're 2013, they played twice in, in London. Like They've been coming every year for, for 12 years, maybe longer. I don't know. but And there's even been talk about them even relocating to London. Um, but yeah, like I, I've only spoke to... Like, I'm, connected with like the UK like like podcast scene and social media and stuff like that. Like I know a lot of people from a lot of different like areas of the UK and Europe. But yeah, I, I think only maybe no one or two Jags fans. Like yeah, that isn't really that big of a fan base as, as much as you would have thought uh, for like the Jags sort of being like the, the London one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Alex says, yeah. Like you I think from the US you would probably think oh the UK must love the Jags because they go every year. But not really. Like I think well, if there's a huge there's, there's a huge cowboy following in the UK, which I didn't. Well, know there about. is because, like I say, that these are a big franchise. These are a big. These are big brands. These are big yeah. Brands, yeah, yeah. Like like the Jags are, are young, like the Panthers, and or from Florida, like, where you've already got like the the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. That that young, they're as young as the Panthers. I think ninety five. So yeah, I think that kind of on the brink of nobody still really giving a shit. Like if you've already supported a team, like if you've already got your your Cowboys or your Dolphins, you're not going to say, oh, I'm just going to be a Jags fan because they come all the time. Like you've got your team, that's it. So yeah, mm-hmm. like that, I think that's why the Jags aren't as well as supported as I think the US think that they are. Yeah. And, and you know, Alec being a 49ers fan, they have a huge following over there as well, like I yeah, mentioned before. So. Big, yeah, yeah. so yeah. So you, you talk, you know, obviously European football is huge. Uh, in in your in Europe, you know, other countries outside of the U.S., you know, me being a a, a, a common U- U.S. guy here, uh, kind of explain for those who quite don't understand it because I I know how big it can get outside of the states. How big is European soccer or football, as they call oh. it? It is kind of hard to put it into words. Like it is just without trying to be too cliche. It is like everything. 
because again, in the US, that you have different things that you can grow. I, I always more. said, and I, I said this with you on our, on our NFC South show before, I said the closest thing we have to European soccer is college football, mm. at least crowd-wise, crowd-wise, yeah. and, and, you know, dedicated fan base-wise, the closest thing we have to that is is college football. Yeah, yeah, and, and you could be right, but it is just sort of everything, like in the US, like you have uh, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, like all these things, like even like the college leagues as well, like the, you've got like all of them pro and college and even high school. I think high school uh, mm-hmm. sports is quite well supported over there. Um, but yeah, here it literally is just football, like soccer, that's it. You've got a few other things that people like, like like rugby and cricket, like they're quite well supported um, English sports. Uh, not for me, not for everybody. I think in certain areas, like like the Welsh are really big into rugby. Um, and I think cricket's a bit of like a posh boys game. Like if you're kind of working middle class like I am, like it's not my sport. But like you're brought up on football. It's all people talk about. You mm-hmm. go to school, you go to a pub, you bump into somebody in the street. Like you just talk football. That's it. It's like, like, like nothing else, like above politics, religion, whatever like like soccer is just life in the uk for most people like i know it's not everybody's cup of tea just like football or basketball might not be everybody's cup of tea but you just know like i think if you're a guy in the uk that doesn't like football it's like you don't like football it's like well what the fuck are we going to talk about like right like, like, like when like a new guy joins the team at work like you just start talking Newcastle, where we're from, and he's, if someone says, like, oh, I don't like football, it's like, it's like mm. I don't know how this relationship's going to get started. Right. <laughs> we've, got, we've got nothing in common. If you don't like football or Newcastle, we've got nothing to talk about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not quite as big, but, you know, like when World Cup stuff happens, I'm definitely mm. going to watch, like, Obviously, with my my background and my heritage, I'm I'm gonna go USA, but I'm also gonna like secretly root for Mexico because I am half Hispanic. So right. I, do, I do secretly root for Mexico at, from time to time if they're mm. if they're still in it. But you know, yeah, I, I'm kind of not one of those guys. I know it has gotten more and more popular here in the states, or at least yeah. more. I mean, I know like Jonathan's gotten into it. He's a big Arsenal fan, I know. I think we're kind of I, taking it from each other, though, because like I say, like, like football is getting much bigger in the UK and Europe, like as, as time has gone on. But I think the same the other way around as well. So I think the mm-hmm. US are starting to take soccer more seriously because I think it has been kind of overlooked because you, you do care more about like like your, your footballs, um, basketballs, mm-hmm. uh, hockey's, like things like that. So foot, like I think soccer over there's been it's just like a gym class thing or maybe it's even girls. I think girls play more soccer over there. And so I think a lot of people like talk down on it. I think I heard Dana White mention something about how like, it's just not entertaining and it's just people running around trying to kick a ball in their nest. But it's like, you can say that for anything. Like you've just completely underutilized like basketball is just a bunch of guys running around trying to put a ball in the basket. Like, you know what I mean? Like football, just a bunch of guys throwing a ball to try and get it a bit a big wide open space. Like, you know, you can, Underutilize mm-hmm. any sport if you just think of it narrow-mindedly. Well, UFC yeah. is just a bunch of people punching the shit out of each other. Yeah, exactly. 
Just trying, to, just trying not to get kicked in the head. Like that's try it. not to die. Try not to die. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, 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 so yeah, like, I hope that it does get there because I think, yeah, right on the national front, like, um, with the World Cup, like, the USA are getting better. And you say, like, around, like, even like the top leagues in Europe, even some of the top teams in Europe, not even necessarily the top leagues, but there's a lot more Americans, like, young American guys as well, like, playing for the likes of Barcelona and Spain mm-hmm. and Juventus in Italy. Like, these are big, big, big teams. Like, they're like cowboys, like, that big, massive franchises like known globally and there's a lot of young american guys play for some top top teams so mm-hmm. hopefully and i like to say it because I, I like america i like the usa unless it's england i always hope the usa do, do well and i always root for you look for the results and stuff so yeah i think because it is taken more seriously now and not being like well would you not rather play football or would you not rather play basketball like i think soccer is taken more seriously over there and i think that's why it's a growing sport and I think particularly with the MLS as well I think when David Beckham first went over there I think that perks a lot of people's ears up but mm-hmm. more and more people over the years has gone and now you've got Messi and things like that so yeah I think the MLS is taken a lot more seriously now because of the pull power like it, like people like Ibrahimovic and people like that that's gone over there Wayne Rooney so yeah I think people pay more attention and I think that's maybe what's got younger American kids playing soccer more because of the likes of David Beckham and Ibrahimovic and Wayne Rooney and things like that. So, yeah, hopefully things continue to grow over there and you can be one of the top five, top ten nations in the world in the coming years. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I think we we might be getting the World Cup soon. It might not be for like yeah. another decade. But... No, it's uh, to 26. So, yeah, in, in two years' time, it's uh, yeah. US, Canada and Mexico sharing it. Yeah, and then we're getting the Olympics, I think, soon as mm-hmm. well. So... That's going to be huge. And it's like Alex said, you know, even the lower level, you know, leagues get mm-hmm. a lot of turnout. And it's like, see, see, I like to think of it this way. is that soccer in the UK or worldwide is basically religion at this point. Yeah. It's basically yeah. religion is what it is. It's it kind of, it's kind of like how I compare football in Texas. It's religion. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're not talking football, then what the hell are you not, what the hell are <laughs> yeah, you doing exactly. in Texas? Um, or, you know, what the hell are you doing in the UK if you're not talking, you know, football? So, yeah, it's it's basically that that's how I how I always perceive it. So I think um, that what Alex is referring to there is and I think that's something that Americans maybe don't always understand is that like in the NFL, you've got your 32 teams and that's it. Unless mm-hmm. they're, they're bringing you one in. That's it. Whereas in England, there's like a, a tier system. So the Premier League's got 20 teams. But then there's divisions below that. So we've got like a relegation and a, and a promotion like uh, stature. So so the bottom three teams go down a division. Then the top three from the one below go up. And that can go down all the way. Like there's multiple divisions, only four professional ones. But even in the, the third and fourth tier of uh, English football, there's quite smaller stadiums that you refer to like college football and NFL and Premier League. Like, yeah, you can get 60,000 up to like 100,000 plus fans in a stadium. But like in them second and third tiers, they can be under 10,000. Like they're not that big, but people still support them like a religion. They can be from like smaller towns. So yeah, bigger Cities, like obviously London has numerous teams and you've got a couple from Manchester, a couple from Liverpool, 
Uh, but like the small towns, like kind of nobody's heard of, like country little towns can have a locally supported team that's in like the, the fourth tier of professional football or even in what we call non-league football, where you get a few hundred people, but they're still mm-hmm. really, really passionate and like support their teams every single week. So yeah, things, I, I think things like that is something that Americans probably don't understand and like how well a team can be supported. Like, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Wrexham, who Ryan Reynolds owns, and they've got the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so they, they're a tiny little uh, Welsh club in, from North Wales in, in the English tier. I don't know why. Don't ask that. But, um, yeah, so they were in the, the top tier of non-league football. So you've got your four main tiers and then the one below. Uh, Wrexham were in that for, I think, 14 years. Um and then, yeah, they've just been promoted to the bottom level of professional football, which is huge for them. But if, you, if you've if you seen the documentary, they've got mad passionate fans. They're just a small town and they've mm-hmm. been shit for a, a decade, two decades, stuck in a tiny little division that nobody gives a shit about. But they've got mad passionate fans, loyal, dedicated fans. And and that's, that's a beautiful thing, I think. Like, you don't need to be... A Manchester United or a Liverpool or, or a Dallas Cowboys to have that kind of fan base. Mm-hmm. Like you can have mm-hmm. a stadium that only holds two thousand people and it's filled. Like people, like tickets will probably be like three dollars. But mm-hmm. so what? Like people still go and support their teams. Like it's like they're playing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, uh, the comparisons with college football. College football is kind of the same way. You you don't really see teams get demoted, but yeah. you see teams come up from the FCS level or the uh, FBS Division Two or you know Division Three college football. You got those dedicated fan bases. Like the college I went to, I believe was a Division Three school out in you know the Panhandle of Oklahoma. So. Mm-hmm. You know, you still get dedicated fan bases all over the place as far as college football is concerned. It's one of the, it, like, again, like I said, it's the closest thing we have to European soccer yeah. because mm-hmm. of how dedicated fans are to watching it and they, they, they love a good football matchup. So, well, I got, I want to go back to Carolina real quick because yeah. the, you know, we got to, you know, obviously we know your history with the Panthers here. So now we, we got to talk about the here and now, unfortunately. Oh, and I don't I know you don't like to, to revisit, you know, <laughs> open fine, reopen old fine. wounds. I'm, but, I'm waiting uh, for it. Um, is David Tipper the worst owner in the league? <laughs> yes. Next question. <laughs> Next question. I mean, what 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 is going on in Carolina right now? I mean, I I, I like Bryce Young. I really do. I think mm. he he's shown late in the season the fact. Mm. You know, he had a great match, a great game against the Packers, which yeah. is ironically, um, you know, probably his best game of the year was against Green Bay. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. He started to use his legs a little bit more, which I'm sure a lot of people who've watched him at Alabama are saying, you know, he's old. He's great when he uses his legs. He's great when he does, he's outside of the pocket. The more he do- did that, you know, you started to see, oh, this is the Bryce Young we're getting. Mm-hmm. Is there optimism for Carolina in the future, or as long as David Tipper's there, it's going to be shit? <laughs> uh, well, essentially, yeah. I, I, like, there's optimism for Bryce Young, but f- as far as the organization's concerned, not really. Like, yeah, like there is one problem, and as you've pointed out, it, it's David Tepper. It's like Taylor Swift. Like, hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Like, you are the problem, David. Step away. Like. 
that's been spoke about all off season. Um, and I think he's been asked about it as well, but I think he's too stubborn, um, too kind of stuck in his own ways. Like he, he, he wants control and that doesn't always pan out to be a good thing. I, I know you guys think the, the same sometimes about Jerry Jones, but at least you're in the playoffs most years. Like people complain about the Cowboys, but at least he's not doing stuff. Um, but David Tepper wants control and he doesn't really let people do their own things like like Scott Fitteran, Frank Reich, as well as um, Matt Rule as well. Like I just don't think there was a connection there. I just don't really think anybody really knows their rules because they have to get everything like signed off by David Tepper or he's in there, like he's in the draft room. Like I think he chose Bryce Young. I don't think he was necessarily everyone else's choice, but he pushed for that just the same as he's pushed for other things. Um, and, and right now, a, a lot of teams, I think seven or eight teams, are in a battle for either a head coach and or a general manager. And mm-hmm. we probably are the least attractive team. Like, we've got a quarterback who struggled, a rookie quarterback, uh, going into his second year. The Ross, the contracts are up in the air like a lot of people are out of contract this year Brian Burns and Frankie Louvu two of our three best defensive players this year uh, I don't think Adam Thielen wants to come back but when a 33 year old receiver is your best receiver that's a problem mm-hmm. the all line needs rebuilt pretty much the whole offense needs rebuilt and we don't have a, a first round pick mm-hmm. so fr- from a general manager standpoint like there's a lot of work to do with a no draft pick no money to do it. Like we've got a relatively decent cap space right now. Uh, it's probably mid. There's probably about 10 teams that's probably got a better one. But you've also got to deal with David Tepper. And that's probably the biggest thing that's going to like move people off. Like like the Chargers, the Raiders, um, the Titans. Uh, who else needs a team? The Falcons. Like These teams are in a much better position than what we are right now. So if you're an aspiring general manager or head coach, like try and to get a job, if any of these teams are interested in you, they're going to be a priority. Like Carolina's down the pecking order. Like mm-hmm. we're just going to be left with the scraps, basically. So I don't know where we go from here. I've got no idea what this off season or the twenty twenty four season is going to bring. I'm not really looking forward to it because yeah, like like David Tepper is a bit of a dictator, and he was asked about that by the the beat reporters in Carolina. They said like. Are you going to step away? And he, he was too arrogant to say anything. Even when he had that interaction with the Jags fan, where he threw the the cup on them, he didn't really issue an apology. He made it a very very brief statement and says, "Oh yeah, I shouldn't have done it." Blah blah blah. But he didn't really issue an apology. But he's, he's too arrogant to say like he's he's wrongs because he's so controlling. Because I think he's been so successful and controlling in the business world that. I think he thinks that that can pan out in the NFL as well, but it doesn't. Like, mm-hmm. I think the, the 49ers were in a similar situation a few years ago. Their owner was a little bit controlling, but he took a step back. Look where they are now. They're probably the best team in the NFL. Like They've made like Christy McCaffrey moves and things like that. So that's what we need to do. We either need David Tepper to sell up or back off and just let people do the things. Like, he needs to make the right appointments which he's failed in so far in every appointment that he's made as the owner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he just needs to get the hirings right and back off and let people that understand football control the football. Otherwise, 
we're kind of on the brink of being the next worst team, like the kind of joke team, like like the Browns or the Lions or the the Jets. Like these are organisations that's constantly being laughed at because they've made mistake after mistake after mistake. We're the new them. Like we we are right now the worst organization in in the league. And like like the Browns, uh, they're in this. They're in the playoffs. Are the number one defense in the league. Uh, it was the other team said the Lions. The Lions are absolutely firing right now. Like these historically have been the worst organizations in the league, and they're flying now. We're the new guys. We're the new Browns. Like, and that that's all because of David Tepper. So mm-hmm. where the future goes from here. I couldn't tell you. I'm not optimistic with it. I'm optimistic with Bryce. And as long as we can keep a few of our key guys, like your Brian Burns and your Frankie Louvus, we should be okay. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do in these next few months. And not to mention J.C. Horn as well, who's who's a phenomenal corner on yes. that defense. Yeah, he can't stay fit. That's one of his big problems. Mm-hmm. Can't stay healthy. I think he played six games this year. Mm-hmm. It's been the same every other year. This is his third year. He had 21, 22, 23 years. So he's mm-hmm. just done his third year and hasn't played in 16 games. Like every, every mm-hmm. I think he was it last year he got injured in week two. He spent most of last season out. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think I see, heard the other day. I think since he was drafted, he's played 21 games and been injured for 29. Mm, that's nuts. Mm. And like you said, you don't even get the first round pick this year no. because you you made that trade to to go up last year, yeah. and you know, I, while I do think Bryce Young could will eventually work out, it just doesn't show that you know. And then of course, there's a reason why the GM was let go because of yeah, you know, the trade of DJ DJ Moore getting traded, Christian McCaffrey mm. getting traded, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of bad moves, you know. Say, again, well, Brian Burns is out of contract. We should have seen. We should have signed that last year, but mm-hmm. he hasn't. And it, this year wasn't his best year, but he's still a good edge rusher, uh, an important position because we haven't got another one. It's not like we've got like bookends. We've got one good edge rusher. He had a down year this year, half the sacks that he had in 2022. But I, I think Frankie Louvu is one of the most underrated players in the league, in my opinion. Like Frankie Louvu, consistently for the last three years, has probably been our best player on defense. Mm-hmm. Like the attention goes to your Burns and your Horns and like like Jeremy Chin and people like that. But Frankie Louvu is just a different level. Frankie Louvu is unbelievable, and he's out of contract, so we could end up losing Burn. And Horn, Burn and um, Luvu, as well as probably trade Jeremy Chin because he didn't play a lot this year. His uh, reps took a massive downturn this year. Horn can't stay fit. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, like, the defense has kind of been the, the spine of the Carolina Panthers for years and years. Like, with your, yes, going back to your Sam Mills and your Luke Kickleys and your Julius Peppers, while our defense is good and we were the worst team in the league but still had a top five defense. If them guys go, what happens next year? If we you lose... basically become this year's Washington, you become the Commanders. Yeah, and yeah. how they were, which that that's that's kind of a good comparison because you look at what they did this year, got rid of their terrible owner and Dan Snyder, and yeah. now things are starting to look better because they bring in uh, the assistant GM from San Francisco to be their GM. There's obviously, well, I've heard obviously good things just, about by the way. Yeah, I think they're it could be a good obviously point. gonna get it. They're obviously gonna get a new stadium at some point. 
that that's mm. that's gotta be in the cards. If that, if it's not, I'll be shocked. Because yeah. let's face it, FedEx Field is a dump. It's a yeah. dump. I'm probably gonna and get a new name as well. New name. Uh, I know that. I know that's coming for sure as well. Um, there's a lot to be excited about with Washington. You know, you talked about you yeah. know, what what the flashy jobs are going to be. This oh, that, that well, Washington, Washington's going to be one of those teams because you have new ownership who has a winning mentality. Now you're yeah. bringing over a successful uh, assistant general manager to be your GM. Yeah, you're going to get a new stadium soon, and that's going to attract a lot of fans to Washington again. The Commanders are going to be um, that. That's a team in my division right now that scares yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil, Philly's starting to fall apart. The Giants are the Giants, but Washington's on the up. So I'm like that. That team kind of scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. We got Ashton in the comments. What's up, Ashton? Good Ashton, good yeah, from you, man. The the gifts this man gives. <laughs> this man is amazing. I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, shout out to Ashton, man. Shout mm-hmm. out to Everybody from our from our NFC South show uh, this season. I missed I've missed that show, man. As as much as the Panthers sucked, like it was always good. Yeah, Ashton. We, we uh, might we might. I do want to say we might bring it back for a one time thing for the NFL draft. If you if you guys are down for it, I know we're gonna do that. And maybe in there. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can, I can turn up. I can, I can you, see him you, the best. You can, you can talk about it. You know how how much of an asshole David Tipper is, and I can, I can, I can still enjoy it. I look but forward to it. But I, I really do think at some point, if it gets any worse, that the the owners might just get band together and tell him to sell the team. Which I think that's the best thing that Carolina can do at this point is just have him sell the team and you know find somebody else who's willing to build that team up and you know make it better again because so, yeah. culture like like the panthers have no culture like everything was kind of torn apart like that 2015 team was absolutely ripped from root and stem and they just nobody cares about carolina or charlotte like the, the culture's dead like cam brought a culture like people came to see cam like when we went 15 and 1 in 2015 like seats were filled but no, like nobody cares anymore. And I've seen the news today about Max Crosby, and I really like his stand about um, putting in a trade request if they didn't hire the interim head coach. Yeah, they wanted, they want Antonio Pierce. They really yeah. do. Yeah, and and they're actually putting action into it. Like their star player says, "I'll request a trade if you don't hire him." We should have done that. Like we probably should have hired Steve Wilkes last year. And a lot, a lot of players said it. Like a lot of Carolina Panthers players were asked after the season, "Would you like Steve Wilkes to stay on?" And a lot of them, I think Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, a few of those were like, "Hell yeah! Like we'll fight for this man. We love this man. We'll go to war for this man. Like we absolutely love him." And yes, we want him to get the job, but that didn't matter to David Tepper. Like that should be a huge red flag there. Like the players are telling you who they want. They're the ones that have to work with them. And they're the ones that have to respect him as well. You need to have the respect of the head coach. I think that was kind of the beginning of the end, really, because you even mm-hmm. when Frank Wright came in, it just, yeah. It, it's yeah just but not... even, even now, like, things are taking such a bad turn. Like, players should be saying to David Tepper, look, you need to step back. Like, mm-hmm. you, you are the problem. Someone needs to point out that he is the problem. But on the same hand, I think he probably wouldn't even listen. He would be like, well, I'll get rid of you. I'm not going anywhere. You're the one who's going to get rid of. So I think I people were trying to tell that. To, 
I think people were trying to tell that to Dan Snyder until, you know, he, he had no choice but to sell the team. So, so yeah, hopefully something gets done about David Tepper and the the running of the Panthers, the, the front office, because, yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute catastrophe right now. And But, yeah, like, like Max Crosby, I absolutely respect that. Like, he's the star player. He's not just any player. He's not just mm-hmm. a kind of backup linebacker guy. Like, he's their star player. He's the franchise guy. And he's saying, mm-hmm. look, I'll request a trade if you don't hire him. And I love that. I think that's amazing from somebody of his stature to say, look, I'll do something about it if you won't. So I think somebody within the Panthers needs to step up to David Tepper. I know it could cost them that job, but someone's going to have the balls to say, look, this isn't working. Like something needs done. And I don't know who that is because let's say Brian Burns is potentially our star player and he's about to be a free agent. So I don't even know who could step up to David Tepper, but Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something needs done because it's not looking good. Mm-hmm. Aston thinks you tra- you guys will trade back into the first round. I, I, I'm not sure about that, but that could be a move I could see David Tepper doing. I think it depends on the GM as well because like, we are currently 33. We're the first pick in round two. So if we trade up maybe two spots, then that's in the first round, isn't it? If someone's mm-hmm. sliding, like I think the, the key picks are either going to be a receiver or O-line. If someone's fallen down, uh, potentially to the second round, David Tepper and could go, could go get Malik. I keep hearing Malik Neighbors might be one of the ones that might be falling. So if he falls really? to the second Ooh. round, you could go get Malik Ooh. Neighbors. Oh yeah, I'd love that. I was kind of hoping for uh, Emeka Buka, but he's just announced he's uh, staying on for another year. But uh, see, yeah. see, John, see, Jonathan wouldn't like that because he's an LSU guy, and of course, Malik mm. Neighbors is his wide receiver. And there's also rumors that. Uh, uh, his quarterback, Jalen Daniels, might be going to Atlanta, so he'd really hate that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, last uh, LSU guy, we've, we've selected an LSU receiver in round two of the 2021 draft and absolutely ruined his career being Terrace Marshall. So, mm. yeah, hopefully he's not a copy. And J- Jonathan Mingo as well. He had a decent rookie year, but, yeah, receivers in the second round for us just doesn't really go hand in hand. Like, I think over the last few years, and I think that's another solid reason why um, – Scott Fitteron needed to be fired is we've just swung and missed so many times. Like our later round draft picks, most of them don't even make the roster. Like most mm-hmm. of them are like, I think 2022 or 21, the majority of them guys aren't even on the roster right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They've just been absolutely wasted picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with Ashton here, I, I, I think Pete Carroll is actually going into a, I think I think Carroll's going into the uh, management position in in yeah, Seattle. He's going into sense. the front office. Uh, Justin Fields, old. Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Field, I can see. I think yeah. if they do make a trade for a quarterback, it is it would be Justin Fields. The thing is, what are the Bears going to do with him? That is the biggest question because obviously the fan base wants him. Uh, the fan base wants to keep him there. So he's got the whole Bears fan base behind him. Mm-hmm. And I think you really can build – with the money and the cap space they have, you can really build around them because you don't need the number one pick. You can ah. trade back. I think you could trade back the three, still get Marvin Harrison, get your wide receiver to go with DJ Moore. You could go go sign Derrick Henry to get you a running back and then mm-hmm. just draft O-line the rest of the way. Yeah, I guess an interesting one. Like, I, I don't really know what the, the best shot is. Um, yeah, do they take another quarterback? Um, 
So we don't get that. He wants Michael Penix, which I don't blame him. Michael Penix is a really, really good quarterback. I think he just – and a lot of people are, are not high on him anymore. But, you know, you have one bad game, that's going to happen. Yo, but where would he, he, he take was really because the Falcons right now in in like in Ashton's case, I think they're about eighth or something. They're just inside the ninth. Ten, I like... think he said they have the ninth pick, which oh, right. yeah, which technically Penix could could be there because mm, they, they do know. have him projected to be a first round pick. But then again, I guess he, if he falls, like if you if you if you're a team at the high end of round two and Penix is, is still there, then yeah, throw something at him. But yeah, first round, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Especially top ten, at least. Anyway, I like I like what he did against Texas. I I really do. I think that was kind of his signature game was against Texas in the semifinal that round. Mm-hmm. So, and I also love the fact that he beat Texas because I hate Texas with a burning mm-hmm. passion. I hate anything orange. So <laughs> you know, I I I, <laughs> I I hate Texas so much. So I was happy to see him win that game. So uh, I I think he's if, if there's I'll I'll say this hot take right now. If there's one quarterback in this dra- in this class that I think is going to be the standout. I think it'll be Michael Penix Jr. I'm yeah. not I'm not sold on Caleb Williams anymore. I know he I know he's the top tier talent everybody wants. Dedication wise, I'm not sold on him because he has issues, especially when he's not with the team and you know he's not committed to USC and all this other stuff, especially at the end of the year. You know, Drake May, he could be that, but it mm. depends on where he ends up going. I think him in New England makes a lot of sense because you know new coach, new quarterback. That could be yeah, something that, yeah. that happens I there. Like My thing on Penix, uh, I, Washington had probably the I think the did actually the won the award for the best O line in the country. So they had a solid O line and two or three really really good receivers. If it comes to struggling offense like, like take the Panthers for example if Penix was at the Panthers how good would he be would he be better or worse than Bryce Young because what he had in at Washington was built for success mm-hmm. like no wonder he was so good standing behind that O line and having um is it Roma Duse? is that how you pronounce his name well mm-hmm. like, a couple so, other yeah. guys a couple of other guys as well. Like Duse wasn't the only guy. Like they had two or three decent receivers. And like if you put Michael Penix, like in Ashton's case, if you put Michael Penix with a Drake London and a Kyle Pitts, that's instant offense right there. It's good. I still think they need a little bit more. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like if I think they help, just needed. I think they just need O line help to to protect whoever their quarterback ends up yeah. being. Like if they got like Malik Nabas in the first round and Penix fell to the second round, then ooh. Is a NFC South rival, I would be scared of that. If they got another very good receiver and got Penix in round two, oh, that's a well, good draft. That's and to and to to your point, Bo Nix, he has the most experience. You know, obviously yeah. he's like yeah, thirty five. He's, he's like a hundred, <laughs> hundred thirty five years old. Bo Nix, he coming out of in two thousand and nine. Yeah, it, he's he's going to be what a, he's about. He's older than Justin Herbert, which is crazy. Uh, that's crazy. So. Bo, Bo Nix is definitely a guy that I would definitely look at too. I think he's you know he's got the most experience. He knows how to play play in big games. So that, and again, that if he's another something. one that falls to round two, which I think is a really good possibility, then I think he's a fantastic option for someone like like the Falcons if they wanted to go receiver or row lane in round one. Remember, it's not all these old. projections that people say come true. Remember, a couple of years ago, they projected that there was going to be four quarterbacks in the first round. There was only one, and that was Kenny Pickett. 
2022. So, and then the others fell all the way to the third round, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. But I think the second quarterback taken, ironically enough, was Desmond Ritter. So. Yeah, like you're right. Yeah, Ritter, like Ritter, um, Malik Willis, and uh, Macaral all went round three. Yeah, it was. It's that that it was him last year as well. To be fair, because um, uh, Will Levis, like everyone thought, Will Levis was going to be a first rounder. Ironically, the best the best quarterback that. in that draft class is Mister Irrelevant. Can you believe that? It's Brock Purdy. Oh yeah, Brock Purdy. Brock yeah. Purdy. That's crazy. That's, that's just a fantasy story. That like that, that's crazy how good because he could potentially be the MVP and a Super Bowl winner. Yeah, in his second year from being misrelevant. Mis- mis- like, <laughs> Ashton said, "I'll take I take Baker. Ba- yeah, Baker's played yeah, well. Baker's not, played yeah. well this year. So, uh, I actually think they're going to beat Philadelphia on Monday. So, I I really do. The Eagles, like I said, they're falling apart, and now they're not going to have AJ Brown. So." I think the I think the Bucks could pull off the upset in that one. Yeah, be, uh, yeah. I'm not really a big Bucks fan, but uh, yeah, it'll be good to see uh, the destruction of the Eagles. Yeah, it'll be pretty funny. Oh, oh I would savor every moment. <laughs> uh, so, a few more questions here. One, one. Obviously, you mentioned basketball. You're getting into basketball a little bit more. Have you picked a team out yet, or are you still in the works of that? Um, I would. I wouldn't commit to a team. Like I said, when I was growing up, uh, I really liked uh, Philadelphia, actually. I liked the 76ers just because of one player, because of Alan Iverson. Uh, he, he was my guy when I was in school, uh, when he was at the top of his game. Uh, I, had, I had a jersey. I had an Iverson 3 jersey. Um, so, yeah, I always liked the 76ers. Uh, but as of right now, because I'm kind of in and amongst the like Panthers fan base, I see a lot of Hornet stuff, so... I'd probably have to keep it in Charlotte and probably say I'm a Hornets fan, which I don't know if that's any better or worse than being a Panthers fan, but... Uh, uh, that's <laughs> probably worse, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. For, for, for me, Sins, like, I, like I said, I, I'm not really fully committed to it. Like, I'm just... Uh... <laughs> you say you're a Lakers fan, you just don't know it yet. Well, to be fair, the Lakers are mid right now, so you, you, you could probably jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, well, I also had a LeBron jersey for Cavaliers back at the same time I had an Allen Iverson jersey. So, yeah, I, I was like like LeBron in, in my lifetime, probably along with um, Kobe as well, probably two of the best that in the past 10, 15 years. So, yeah, Lakers, yeah, I haven't got a problem with the Lakers. Yeah, I'm obviously OKC because I'm in Oklahoma, so... Uh, and then it's a really good team. I like what we have this year. So there's there's a lot of options. I mean, Sam, you know, aka Mr. First Down, he he got into the NBA this year. Uh, he's in out in Nashville, and his team is the Indiana Pacers. So for for whole different reasons, of course, you know, looking looking teams up and figuring their their histories out and stuff like that. So you never know who you, who you can who you come up with. So mm-hmm. kind of like how you got with Carolina. So yeah, exactly. That could yeah, work yeah. out. Yeah, like I, like with like the Panthers, like I feel like they kind of picked me. Like I didn't seek them out, so I didn't like pick them out of a hat. Like Carolina found me, so I'm just kind of waiting for an NBA team to really grab me instead of either supporting a team because of one player or because they're from Charlotte because I'm a Panthers fan. Like, yeah, if if one lands, then it'll land. But as of right now, I'd say I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a loose Hornets fan. Mm-hmm. All right, so last two questions I have for you. First one is, is it's kind of the big one I always ask. What is your favorite sports moment of all time, whether you 
witnessed it live or you knew where you were when it happened? Oh, that's a, that's a difficult question. Um, sports moment. Um, oh, that is a tricky one. Um, it's probably got to be probably not even on the field. Um, and, and I wish this would happen with Carolina as well, but probably one of the best moments as a Newcastle United fan in the Premier League was in 2021 when we got that takeover. Uh, because back with the previous owner, we were very, very similar to Carolina. Like Them stars aligned for me to support probably the two worst teams I could possibly find. Because, uh, yeah, the, the Newcastle team were like what the Panthers are now. We had a very bad owner, made very bad calls, wasn't a footballing guy, just brought in friends to kind of be like the, the front office who weren't football people either. Uh, hiring yes men coaches who weren't going to argue with them, weren't going to say, oh, we should do this, should do that. They're like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, so yeah, for years and years and years, we were desperate for a takeover. We needed to get that owner out. Um, and yeah, October 2021, we were taken over by uh, PIF, who have a lot to do with like uh, like live golf. I don't know if you're into golf, but they mm-hmm. have they have to have live golf and they get all the, the boxing and UFC stuff over in Saudi, um, pretty much run by the Saudi state. So Newcastle United are actually the wealthiest football team in the world. Like we're so much richer than Man City, PSG, Barcelona, Real Madrid, because of the people that own us. Uh, we can't actually spend that money as much as we would like to of, but at the time of the takeover, I think we were second off bottom of the Premier League. Um, so heading for relegation because, as I said before, the bottom three teams go down a division. Uh, at that time, I think we were 19th out of 20th, um, heading down, no prospects, no good coaches, no good players. Um, yeah, just, just heading out of the league. I think we'd only won one game at that point. And this was like a few months into the Premier League season at that point. Um, so yeah, when the announcement was made that, guys, not only is the owner gone, but we are the richest team in the world. Like that was a moment. Like I say, that wasn't even on the field. In terms of an on-field moment, that, that's a lot. Like between Newcastle, the England national team, the Panthers. Like, like I said, I've had that fifteen and one Panthers season. I've, I've watched our team in the Super Bowl. So yeah, I've had a lot of moments, um, but yeah, one that stands out. I'm I'm struggling to pick one, but mm-hmm. yeah, off field moment. It's definitely got to be that one. Mm-hmm. Well, well, mine's kind of changed recently, and obviously it's because my my baseball team won a World Series. So mm-hmm. it's it's the the Rangers who you know have been that bottom feeder team, that team that's always laughed at, you know. They can't get over the hump. They can't do this. They can't do that. You know, why are they a franchise? Them finally winning a World Series was just so much yeah, elation and joy. It's, it's been phenomenal. And then, of course, you know, I, I always also root for the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs, you know, 107 years without a World Series title, you know, to see them win that in 2016 was was amazing as well. So those are those are probably two of the big ones, and of course, you know, some in football as well. But uh, I, I enjoyed those. But yeah, you 
definitely when you get new ownership and you're able to be excited about it, it's definitely something to be happy about with that. Yeah. And things did turn the corner as well, like back to the takeover. Um, So just last year, we qualified for the Champions League, uh, in which the top four teams in the Premier League qualify to play in your probably football's biggest club tournament outside of like the World Cup. Um, mm-hmm. It'd been 20 years. Like 2003 was the last time we played in the in the Champions League. Uh, the, the, we were taken over in 2006. Uh, so in them like 15 years, things just went bad to worse with the owner. Uh, just completely voided us of any kind of success or glory or anything to be excited about. So yeah, within two years of the new ownership, we finished fourth last season and qualified for the Champions League again. So. That's how quickly things can change with an owner who's not only going to do the right thing, but like hire the right people. Like our front of office is amazing. The players that we've signed are loved throughout the city. So, yeah, that, that's what a good ownership can do. And proven with David Tepper and Newcastle's previous owner, how bad it can be if you're a bad owner. Mm-hmm. Last question: What is your favorite TV show of all time? All time. Um, sort of depending on the category, um, drama series. Oh shit, I've got a lot, man. Um, certainly with comedy or sitcom, I've got to say Friends. I'm, I'm a big Friends addict. I always have been, as I mentioned before. Me and my cousin would stay up in the nineties and, and watch that because it'd be on like nine ten p.m. when I was only like seven years old. That's pretty late. So yeah, we would stay up and watch Friends. I still watch it now on on Netflix, like just casually, just in the background when I'm. I work from home a lot, so when I just have a, have a break, have have dinner or whatever, I just stick twenty minutes of Friends on. Um, but in terms of like a drama series, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. Um, big Breaking Bad. Uh, oh, what else do I like? Um, Yellowstone. I love Yellowstone. Um, yeah, probably got to push the edge and say uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would I would say that too. I mean, I I personally haven't seen it. I've heard great things about it, so I might have to. I yeah, I personally, it, it's kind of hard for me too because most for me TV wise, it's usually I'm either watching it's either a cartoon or something like that. Um, but man, I I will say. I think my favorite has been was the Daredevil Netflix series. Right. I loved that series. It was amazing. Vincent D'Onofrio as the Kingpin, and he's still doing it today, as you know, in in the new Echo series. And he's going to be the, I think what Marvel is saying is he's going to be the the big bad for the, like the street level um, uh, Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe going on forward. So. Maybe if we get another Spider-Man, we get him in the, in that Spider-Man movie. I would love to see that. Also, so, yeah. you know, Daredevil Netflix series is phenomenal. So if those who haven't watched it, definitely go see it. Those who haven't seen Game of Thrones, go watch that too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, it's definitely a great series. But, uh, yeah, with that being said, um, where can the people find you at? And do you have anything coming up? Where people can find me at is look at the tags on there. So at KegTMC is my personals. Uh, but if you go and follow the Panthers Magpie on both Twitter and Instagram, that's where you can find 
me doing more shows like this or post anything that I do on there. So yeah, go and find that as well as any sort of Panthers updates if you're interested in the Carolina Panthers. But yeah, trying to put other things on there as well, particularly on me. Uh, on on as I try and like do things more locally as well. So I, I follow like I share things for the Newcastle United uh, soccer team. Uh, we've got local teams as well, um, Newcastle Eagles basketball team and Newcastle Vikings American football team, uh, as well as um, Charlotte Hornets and anything to do with uh, Carolina sports-wise. So, yeah, go follow me on there. Be much appreciated. And, yeah, got some things coming up on the personal socials that I'm planning to work towards during the off-season. But, yeah, personally, yeah, because it's the off-season, uh, not a lot, but I am expecting a few more calls to do some more things sort of like this, trying to get like a off-season preview. Uh, people wanting to get my opinion because, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of am the, the go-to Panthers guy. There's not too many out there who uh, is willing to go on camera and give an opinion, particularly in the UK, in the US. Uh, particularly in this network because I yeah, don't think yeah, we have many Carolina fans in this, in this network. Yeah, definitely in this network, definitely in the UK. But, yeah, I am the guy. Uh, and something else that I'm looking forward to, I, I think I did mention it at the back end of the NFC South uh, roundtable talk, uh, that I'm, I'm starting to work with the uh, Newcastle Vikings, who are our American football team. Um, so over here, like we kind of have the, the, the soccer-style system with promotions and stuff. So the Vikings got promotion to the Premier League, the top division, uh, just this year. Uh, so 2024, we're going into the Premier Division for the first time. Uh, and I'm, I'm joining the team as the social media guy. I'm going in there to uh, just help them out and try and build up their following on on social media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, things like that, and just trying to create some content to get the publicity out there that people need and just to try and bring more updates and live shows uh, to do things like that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting started to work with them. Uh, should be in the next few months. Definitely go check him out, guys. He's awesome. I mean, loved having him on our on our roundtable earlier this year. Obviously, one of the newer faces here in the Let's Talk Sports Network, so you'll probably see in a little bit more of him uh, going forward. Uh, you know, probably on some of the morning shows because you know we can't stay up that late. Uh, yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> yeah, it's getting getting very late in the UK. Uh, for me, obviously, you can find me at April Alice Thirty uh, tonight. Later tonight, we're gonna have our Inside Cowboys Nation show that's going to be with me in canteen not sure if Flo is going to be able to make it but we're going to preview this weekend tomorrow's matchup with the green bay packers and see what other stuff we could talk about obviously there's still the rift between mccarthy and, and jerry it, it seems like now so will mike mccarthy be coming back that's another that's another question we, we'll get to talk about uh tonight so that and i you know i did mention that next week uh, Sam and I are probably going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. We'll be doing a Royal Rumble preview next week. Uh, obviously, this show will be back. We'll know who the guest will be for maybe a day or two, but we'll, I'll definitely let you guys know whenever I find out. Uh, and then a bunch of other stuff. NFC East Roundtable will be next Wednesday. Uh, baseball show whenever baseball starts back up. A lot of good things coming up. Definitely, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe. There's something here for everybody. We got a Panthers following. We got Cowboys. We got 49ers, basketball, NFL, NHL. We got a Premier League shows if you want to watch some Premier League stuff. So we got every base covered here in, on the network. So definitely check it out if you're interested in it. Uh, any last words, Keg, before we end off? 
Uh, no, just good luck for the playoffs. I'm uh, glad one team's uh, lucky enough to get there. Um, so, yeah, best of luck to the Cowboys and everybody else that's uh, got a dog in the face. Look forward to seeing some uh, playoff football that obviously the Panthers aren't going to be in. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back in 2024 uh, with some positive news and a little bit more to look for for the Carolina Panthers. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back here in a couple hours again for Inside Cowboy Nation. But until then, we'll see you later. Love you. Stay safe and take care.